I neglected to put this on until two seconds ago, and just one of those things that uh, comes. I have, I'm getting this thing, called OLD, and just, so anyway, um, hey, just a quick announcement before I get started, and um, I don't like to start this way, because it, but uh, I'm wondering if there's somebody out there that might have a uh, portable fire pit, you know, one of those kind that you just, it's portable fire pit, and that maybe, uh uh, we could borrow here at the church. George has got one over there. And uh, George, yeah, George, do you have any any spare wood laying around anywhere? So, just they have a whole sawmill full of wood. And um, so, uh, uh, we're on October third, coming up in a couple of Saturdays. I think we're doing uh, the kids club. Kids are going to do like a s'more making deal, and so we wanted to have uh, some options on fire pits, and so. Uh, hey, listen, uh, okay, here we go. Um, we're resetting, and I want to ask you this question. Um, <clears throat> does God, does God want to bless you? Does God want to bless you? Does God want to bless you? What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, Paul, he uh, sort of addresses this issue in the uh, book of Ephesians. Uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, here's kind of a map I think uh, we got here. Uh, you can see Ephesus there. It's uh, in modern Turkey is where you would find that area now. And, and Paul's writing a letter to these guys. And most scholars would say he wasn't writing it specifically to uh, the church at Ephesus, but in that general region is where he, it's kind of like, uh, it's not just for countryside Christian church, but it would be for, you know, the churches that are in the quad city area. And so he's communicating to that crowd and, and he wants them to know some things. And so he writes them uh, a letter and, uh, and we call it the book of Ephesians. He's writing it to that church in that Eph- the area of Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. It was a major city in the area. Uh, it was uh, the church. The church was kind of broken up at the time because they were being persecuted. And so they were doing uh, in-house church and uh, they were meeting together in houses. We read about that in the book of Acts. And uh, kind of wild story. You read through the book of Acts about the church in Ephesus. And uh, there were some Christians that were in the church there. And they had been given the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, they were, um, the, all kinds of wild, you know, powerful things were being done uh, through the Spirit. And uh, they were even able to cast out uh, demons. And one time, according to Acts, uh, there was a guy that tries to cast out a demon. He says, I cast you out in the name of Jesus and in the name of Paul and uh, and the demon comes out and, and looks at these guys and he just says Jesus 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 I know but Paul I don't know and then the demon beats the snot out of them rips their clothes off and literally it says that they ran out of the house bloody and naked well, that would be church wouldn't it so they were there for church. I hope that doesn't happen by the end of this service. That would be kind of weird. But uh, that was the context in which the Apostle Paul is writing to this church. And he begins to communicate uh, to them. And the question that we're kind of asking is, does God want to bless uh, you? And so we're going to jump into the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 1. We're going to look at uh, verses 3 through 8. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. And Paul, he's kind of answering that question. He says this. All praise to God. And so Paul's saying, I'm not holding any praise back. 
No praise is going to be hold back. All praise is going to God. My life is going to be, my whole life is going to be given to God. All praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. He says, uh, there is a God. There is a God. And this God that is in heaven, he is the Father, and he has a Son. He has a Son. Now, there's a lot of religions out there, and some of those religions would say that God is not personal. And uh, that some of those religions out there would say that uh, God is so perfect and holy and his name is Allah and he has no children. He has no children. He's just God. He's perfect. But Paul says we have a God that we can call Father and he does in fact have a son and through him we are blessed. He has blessed us with every spiritual, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. The blessings that we receive are spiritual from the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We are united. When you are united, when you have been baptized into Christ, when you say, I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and I accept him as my Lord and Savior, you are united to him and you receive these spiritual blessings. He says in verse 4, he continues, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault. In his eyes. What does it mean to be holy? It's the Greek word hagias. It means set apart. If I had a a box of rocks over here, but I had a box that was empty over here, and I reached in and I pulled uh, this rock out of that box and I put it into this box, I would make that rock a holy rock because I have set it apart. That's literally what the word means. And so he has set us apart. When we are in Christ, we are set apart from the world. And then when we are placed into the family of God. He says he's set us apart to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us. It means he brings us into his family. We are now part of his children. We are in his family. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. He, it wasn't like it was, you know, it happened by accident. This was purposeful and intentional, and he wanted to do it. He wanted to bring all mankind into his family, and so he set on that course and gave him great pleasure. It gave him great pleasure to do just that. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us, on us, on us who belong to his dear son. Question. Do you belong to his dear son? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you detached and separated or are you connected and following Jesus? He goes on verse 7. He says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Write this down in your bulletin. Because of Jesus, you are blessed. Because of Jesus, you are blessed. Write this down in your bulletin. In Jesus, we are blessed. In Jesus, we are blessed are blessed. Now, uh, this city that uh, 
uh, Paul was writing to there in Ephesus, it was filled with worshipers. There were a lot of worshipers. There were people worshiping and worshiping, and, and uh, there were a lot of worshipers in the, in the city there in Ephesus. And uh, most of them uh, were worshiping. Uh, there, there, were, there were Jews there, and they were worshiping. And, uh, but uh, there was this, uh, there was uh, Artemis, Artemis was a big, big giant temple to Artemis, and the, uh, uh, the Roman word for Artemis would be uh, Diana. There was a big giant uh, temple, a huge, huge temple uh, to Diana. And, uh, and what that meant was that there was a giant, huge temple. And what that means is there was a giant house of prostitution uh, in the city. And uh, because uh, the, the, the worship of uh, Artemis or Diana it was a fertility, a religion of fertility, fertility religion. And in fertility religions, they believed that there was uh, uh, gods and there were goddesses, gods and goddesses. And that whenever they joined together in sexual uh, relationships, then their fertility would fall to the ground. And so uh, then uh, you, you would want your bank account to be fertile. Uh, you would want want your crops to be fertile. You want your family, you know, you want to prosper and, and you want all of this fertility to come uh, to, to the ground. And so they decided, well, what, what we would do well to do is uh, we would uh, do well to call it worship. Uh, we'll build uh, giant houses of prostitution uh, because then it will become an act of worship to go to the house of prostitution so that there would be a nonstop 24 hour day, seven days a week, continual display of eroticism so that the gods up there, the gods and goddesses, basically they had the porn channel down there they could tune into and they would be sexually stimulated and they would always be engaged in one another and then their fertility would fall to the ground and so they call it an act of worship to go to the house. And so, you know, that's the way it was there in that community. And so there were a lot of worshipers. There were a lot of worshipers in the community. There, were, there was a lot of people, uh, according to the book of Acts chapter 19, and Luke's writing that book, and he records uh, there in Ephesus that um, uh, there were people that were into witchcraft and, and sorcery and black magic, and uh, they were engaged in that. And according to Luke uh, in Acts, the church in Ephesus there, there were people that were leaving they were leaving the worship of Artemis and Diana. They were leaving black magic and, and they came together. And in fact, they came together and they had a book burning and they burned all of their uh, uh, witchcraft books and their sorcery books and, and they burned it. And according to Acts in chapter uh, Luke 19, um, those books that they burned were literally worth millions and millions and millions of dollars that they just came and threw them and they turned their lives around and they gave their lives uh, to Christ. And there were a lot of worshipers there and Paul wanted to communicate to them that you church in Ephesus you broken people you that kind of went off in every direction and followed everything under the sun he says you guys you are blessed through Jesus and so the question is uh, are we blessed are we blessed because uh, when I'm thinking of being blessed maybe you're with me um uh, I'm thinking the price is right, baby. I'm thinking, Steve Allison, come on down. You're the next contestant, and I get to spin that big old wheel, and I'm going to win a new car, right? And wouldn't that be the blessing? Wouldn't that be a blessing? I had the opportunity a few different times to, when I was living in Southern California to go and actually sit in the audience with a name tag on. I was just like, 
pick me, pick me, pick me, right? And, uh, and, but when we think of blessings, those are the things that we think about. We think, I want to win the lottery. I want a bigger boat. I want a bigger house. I want more money in my account because that's what blessing is, right? That's what, that's exactly what blessings are. Isn't that what blessings are? Because we think, we think that blessings are the things that, that Jesus said are things that will not last. But Paul, Paul is talking about blessings that will last forever. Paul is talking about more important things, not temporary things, not circumstantial things. Blessings beyond your circumstances. Blessings beyond your circumstances. How, how do we know? How do we know that that's what Paul was talking about? Blessings beyond, how come he's not talking about a new car? Well, first of all, Paul didn't have a car. So how do we know he wasn't talking about a new chariot or a new horse? How do we know that? Well, where was Paul when he was writing this? Where was Paul when he was saying all blessing comes, uh, you know, you're blessed when you're in Jesus? Where was he? He was in, he was in prison. He was in prison. Uh, potentially, you know, in stocks and chains and behind bars and in a very dark place and potentially being beaten and, and all that. That's where he's writing this letter saying, hey, gang, you're blessed in Christ. I don't know about you, but if I'm in prison, I'm going to be thinking, you know, dear God, my only prayer is get me out of here, right? And he's writing this letter to these church, these worshipers that were off base and crooked and, and all over the, all of following all of these kind of crazy things that were out there and He says, you are blessed when you are in Christ. You're blessed when you're in Christ. How many blessings did he have when he was chained up and locked down? But he says, you're blessed when you're in Christ. Here's why. Paul was not delusional. He was laser-focused. But Paul, though he was in the prison, Paul did not see himself as being in jail. Paul saw himself as being in Christ. I'm not in jail. I am in Christ. Now, sometimes uh, we feel as though we are in some kind of uh, jails that kind of throw themselves at us. And sometimes we feel like we are in depression. Paul says, no, you're in Christ. He says, Sometimes you might feel like you are in bankruptcy, but you are actually in Christ. Or maybe you feel like you are in a joblessness, but actually you are in Christ. Or maybe you are in a struggling marriage, but Paul says you are in Christ. And Paul says, listen, you're not in failure or in limbo or in crisis or in transition. You are simply in Christ. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you are blessed because of Jesus. You live your life in Christ. Your circumstances do not define you. Christ does. That's good news. So here's the question. What do we get? And you know, now I'm, uh, now I'm in Christ and uh, maybe you're not in any of those other things and you don't feel like you're in a prison. Maybe you feel like, uh, you know, everything is good. 
and uh, there's money in your bank account, and uh, you're enjoying life, and uh, your car started when you got up this morning, and you made yourself your way, your way here, and so you don't really have any big problems in your life, and you're like, yeah, life is good, so how, how am I blessed? Well, here's uh, the reality. The reality is, is that you are not in control of your own uh, destiny. How many times have we seen that just more recently? We are not guaranteed tomorrow. We need to be in Christ. So if I am blessed, what do I get? If I am blessed, what are the blessings of God that I might, in fact, get? And the first one is this, holiness. Write that down, holiness. You get holiness. We just read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. I'm going to read it again. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy. We are set apart and without fault. In his eyes. Here's what that means. Uh, Wednesday, uh, we have kids club. And uh, we've had kids club for two Wednesdays now. And uh, the first week, the kids that came to kids club, they had an opportunity to come back the next Wednesday and to win a prize. If they answered a trivia question and they kind of texted something back to the a church office and stuff like that, they had a chance to win a prize. And, and uh, the first five that were there the first week, uh, they all uh, did that. And uh, they came back. We had 14 of them that were here this week and hopefully 15 next week. And, and um, uh, But they came in and so I uh, they got to win the prize. And so what I had was a, a bag of candy. And so I'd into the bag of candy, and I would kind of pull out, um, you know, some things, that, and I'd say, okay, uh, you get to pick, you know, and they would look at this pile of candy in front of them, and they'd be like, mm, that one, and they'd grab the one that they want, and they felt like they had won the prize. Guess what? They got to pick the one that they wanted. Guess, guess what? So did Jesus. Jesus picks you. He picks you. He says, I want you to be a part of who I am. I want you to be in my church. I, I have saved you. I want you. I want you. You are blessed because of what I have done for you, and I choose you. You are made holy. You are set apart. You're no longer in the lost. You are now in the found. I choose you. And I get to pick because I'm Jesus and you're mine. And we are made holy in his sight. He also adopts us. Verse 5. God described in advance, or decided, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. We are now in Christ's family. Note, your blessings come Because you are in Christ. This is your position in life. Your position matters. Your family matters. And Jesus has adopted you. Family, families matter. Hey, um, a long time ago, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to, uh, uh, we worked with Amore Ministries. Amore Ministries is based out of Southern California, and uh, they build houses. They build houses. We used to go down to uh, Tijuana and Ensenada in Mexico, and uh, we'd go down to the city dump, and uh, there were people there that actually were connected to a church, and those the Amore Ministries would identify uh, some of the people that uh, were attached to the church down there, and, and so we would all go down there, and, and uh, I got, had the opportunity to lead uh, several groups down into Mexico, and we'd build houses for those, those people down there. Down there. And uh, Southern California, I don't know if anybody ever told you this, I'll tell you a secret. But Southern California, uh, in, 
there's a lot of celebrities in Southern California. There's a lot of celebrities. And uh, just, you know, kind of write that one down secretly. You might not have known that. And a lot of celebrities and celebrities in, in Southern California. And so more ministries would do these uh, missions trips, and it would be celebrities only. Uh, because it was kind of awkward. If, uh, if you'd kind of uh, take a celebrity and you'd kind of put them into the group, and, uh, you know, everybody would pay a lot of attention to them, and so they would get celebrities, because one celebrity to another celebrity is no big deal, right? So you get celebrity groups to go down uh, into Mexico, and, uh, and there's actually people of faith in Hollywood, you know? They're there. And, uh, and, so, we, and so one of the opportunities that I had, I went down to uh, uh, Mexico, and I got to be a part of one of these celebrity groups. Here's a picture, and uh, here's a picture, and uh, William, uh, maybe, maybe you sort of recognize this guy, the Karate Kid. Maybe you recognize him from the Karate Kid. Uh, maybe you have Netflix right now, and you've watched Coyote Kai. Any Coyote Kai people out there? Nobody, nobody cares. All right. Uh, here's the reality is that I don't know if you, William, his, his grandpa, his grandpa, his grandpa's the guy that wrote the NBC chimes. You ever watch NBC television? You ever heard that ding, ding, ding? You know, I'm perfect pitch there, perfect pitch. And, uh, you ever heard that? You ever heard the NBC chimes? His grandpa's the guy that wrote them. And, uh, and so Steve Allison, Got to go on a celebrity uh, tour down there, and I had the opportunity to work with his brother. Uh, yeah, okay, big letdown there, right? Big letdown. You guys were thinking, yeah, I know what you were thinking. But for a minute there, you were thinking I was something special because somehow I might have been connected to somebody that was special in a big deal family somewhere. And I've got bigger news for you. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you are adopted into the family of the one true, all-powerful, all-knowing, living God who has a son that went to the cross to die for your sins, that you can be made pure and made clean in his sight. And he says, I want you in my family. So wherever we go, I'm walking around with Jesus. I'm walking around with Jesus. I am in his Family, and so I am blessed because of Jesus. I am to live my life in Christ. I am to live my life in Christ. You know what that means? That means you guys are not in school. You are not in school. You are in Christ. That's what that means. You are not in your career. You're not in your occupation. You are in Christ. You know what that means? We are not in a pandemic. We are in Christ. You are not in retirement. You are in Christ. You are not in depression. You're not in low You're not broken. You are in Christ. When Jesus Christ is your King and your God and your Savior, He is in you and you have been blessed by the one true God. Here's the last question. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you know Him? Are you connected to Him? Are you in the box of the lost or are you in the box that is found? Have you made the decision to be a follower of Christ because this is a place that does not exist with Christ? Don't live there. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, your Savior. He paid the price to have you to be a part of his family. If you've never been baptized into Christ, if you've never accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, that's a conversation I'd like to have with you. And uh, I mean, sit down anywhere you want. Just talk. What's it mean to give your life to Jesus? What's it mean to follow Jesus?
a conversation that I'd love to have with you. Maybe you know people in your neighborhood or maybe you're somehow connected to some of these kids that are coming to kids camp. Take every opportunity to be Jesus' hands and feet with them. Let's pray together. Father, I ask that if there are uh, people in the room that need to connect with you, I ask that you would work by the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal yourself and let yourself be known. Father, for those of us that know you, help us to live boldly in your name. We ask all this in Jesus' name and amen.